It's been a good couple of weeks for Leicester City. They're through to the quarterfinals of the UEFA Europa Conference League. They had a good Premier League win as well over Brentford. So we'll assess uh, all of those on uh, this week's Extra Time here on LCFC TV and LCFC Radio with me, Dan Bates. And we've got a full house today. Uh, Ewan Roberts, Tony Cotty and Matt Elliott join us as well. Uh, Ewan, I gather it was a, a nice little weekend off for you ahead of the international break where you'll be even busier. It was, Dan. It was the first first in the season. Um, I should have been up in the Riverside um, doing or working at the Middlesbrough Cardiff game, but because Middlesbrough's still in the FA Cup, that game was postponed. So I had a, I had a nice little weekend off and the sun was smiling, mate. The sun was out. Lovely. Uh, Tony, we don't need to ask you about yesterday, but we can ask about Thursday because that went really well, didn't it? Uh, I was at both games, Dan, yeah. I was, um, uh, Thursday was... Um, Everything I wanted and more for, you know, the West Ham fan that I am. It was a wonderful evening. They played really well, got through against a very, very good Seville team. Uh, looking forward to going to Lyon. I'm, I'm, uh, listening to your uh, exploits in France last week, that makes me a little bit worried about going to Lyon, Dan, but I'll have to take some tips on, on not what to do. Um, but um, yeah, it was great on Thursday, and then I went to the Tottenham game yesterday, and it was exactly what I thought it would be a really hard game for West Ham, following on from Thursday night. And, uh, I think what it does do, it puts in perspective how well Leicester done to get a really good result against Brentford because it's so hard when you play on Thursday nights and West Ham weren't at the races yesterday, but Leicester certainly weren't. Yeah, Tony referenced there, uh, Matt and I's trip to Wren on Thursday. We've seen far too much of each other, Matt, haven't we, in the last couple of weeks? So the international break is, is, is come at a good time for us too, I think. That's been the case for the last couple of years or so, basically. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we carry on professionals that we are, but um, yeah, it was uh, it was ultimately uh, an excellent trip because Leicester got through, similarly to West Ham, um, over the two legs. But long journey, but that was made up for by the the atmosphere at the the stadium, wasn't it? Um, I'll keep forgetting the pronunciation. Dan, you can help me out. Roazan Park. Roazan Park. Not that difficult, I suppose. On Monday morning, it is, Matt. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But no, it was a, it was just an unusual sort of stadium. It just gave off this great sort of aura. But then, when the supports were in it, it was it was something very out of the ordinary, wasn't it? That I mean, there were, what, 3,000, 4,000 fans there an hour and 45 minutes before kickoff, all condensed behind the goal. The scene was set and you thought, it's going to be a tough night's work for Leicester City because the, the much-renowned passion of the fans, much have been made of it, their friends' home form in contrast to their away form. And you thought, right, just start to try and hold out and don't concede an early goal. And they didn't manage to do that. And you did fear the worst, I have to say. But... The game to and fro, didn't it? Um, Leicester on top at times, under the kosher others. But uh, by hook or by crook, they squeezed through, didn't they? A few casualties along the way, but ultimately, Leicester were victorious. And it's no mean achievement. They're uh, sort of under the radar a little bit, this Wren's team, but they're, they're an excellent outfit. Leicester have done really well to prevail. Uh, you, you were covering it for us, you and weren't you, on, yeah. on Thursday via Zoom. Uh, what did you make of the game? Obviously, as we've been referencing, a, a fantastic result. It, it was, especially when what happened after eight minutes, uh, you know, them getting that goal. Um, sloppy goal, we have to say. But once once they've scored that, I thought Leicester really... Uh, yeah, I, th I thought they controlled the first half, really, without, you know, looked dangerous on the counter-attack in that first half. Um, should have scored. You know, who, who was it who went, who went clean through? Uh, Harvey Barnes. Inacho. Oh, Harvey Barnes. Barnes went through and then he had the shot and then Inacho had a half chance on the rebound. Yeah, and you know, Keenan Dewsbury Hall, if he had a little bit more pace, he might have got through. So I thought, having conceded that early goal, I thought it was a really good response <laughs> from the lads. Second half, up until, up until, what, 75 minutes, I thought they controlled the game. But they, they slowed the tempo, looked dangerous going forward, um, created a couple of chances. You're not so unlucky with the one that that he scores, but he's just gone a second too early. You know, if that if that counts, it's it's tie over, and you have to say it was back to the wall stuff for, for the last 15 minutes. I mean, I was watching behind the sofa here, here at home, bite chewing your nails. Uh, it was a it was a great night, really a good night. Cause I've just looked at the 
their result yesterday. They beat Mets 6-1 at home yesterday, did Ren. So and if I'm a Premier League, if I'm a Premier League manager, I'm looking at one or two of their players. I mean, the left back, I think he's a tremendous player. He gives you so much going forward. They're a very, very good side that you know I think they're second now in 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 league league or whatever it's called. Um, so it was it was it was job done that you know that that was the thing. Had the two goal advantage after the first leg. Okay, lost the second leg, but went through on aggregate and, and through to the to the quarter final. Well, that that now makes them with yesterday's results winning six one as Ewan says. PSG lost. They're, they're now the top scorers, Tony, in league one. They've only conceded one goal less than PSG and Marseille, the two teams ahead of them. They're sat in that third spot, which is a race for the Champions League. So again, it is some achievement that Leicester were able to go there, concede so early, yet yet be able to hold on in the way that they did. Yeah, it was a fantastic performance, Dan, wasn't it? And, and most of all, the result. I mean, football's about results. It's about getting through. And, you know, sometimes you can get through and play fantastically well. Other times you get through, you scrape through. But I think it was always going to be a tough draw. And, um, you know, I'm just looking at some of the teams, the likes of Marseille and Roma left in this competition. Obviously, PSV coming up in the next round. You know, it, it's not going to be an easy competition to win, that's for sure. Can Leicester win it? I've said before, Dan, I believe they can. I think they've got the squad. They've got players coming back from injury. Uh, nice little break coming up, obviously, which will help. But I, I think they've got the players in this squad to go on and win the trophy. And, you know, I've just looked at the league table, 10th in the Premier League. Yes, they've got games in hand, Leicester, but it's it's a big ask to try and get into that seventh position to, to get into the Europa Conference League next year. They're already, already in it. They've already got a great chance. The fans are enjoying the journey. Got a tough game, as I say, coming up against PSV. But that, I thought that was a marvellous result from Leicester on Thursday night. I really did. Yeah, you look at the the outpouring of joy that the the fans had, Matt. Not just at full time, but in in Ren the night before, in in Ren on the day of the game, and then even on social media, how how much they enjoyed <laughs> the trip and 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 how how much fun they're finding. <coughs> excuse me, the Conference League, and I'm, I'm sure they'll be looking ahead to to PSV to go to Eindhoven as well. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I think um, took a little bit of getting the head round. Didn't it for supporters and even Brendan Rodgers himself, really, when Leicester slipped in the Europa Conference League after, you know, having aspirations to do very well in the Europa League itself. Um, I think initially there was a bit of sort of scepticism about the not so much the quality but the authenticity of the competition because it's relatively new and all those different bits that come into the equation but on Thursday it had the, the feel of a real high level European encounter didn't it because it was two teams that, you know, very good standard teams two evenly matched teams uh, Ren you know, up to up to this point not too many people know, knew too much about them certainly Leicester City supporters do now because they were they got a team packed with quality players, really, and they, you know, they played not lovely football. And the fact that Leicester were able to keep them their opportunities to an absolute minimum, really, throughout the two legs, pretty much. There was plenty of times they had good football, not too many outstanding chances. And when they did create them, Castle Michael was in top form, um, and particularly at key moments. And, in the last stage of the second second leg, but it was, yeah, it was. There's, I don't know that there was a real buzz, anticipation, excitement <laughs> about being on a European tour again, and it was good to see the supporters there in in their droves. Really, what was it, 1100 or so, 1103, as we were reliably informed by Jim Donnelly, um, the support liaison officer, but. Uh, yeah, there was a real sort of zest for it, wasn't there? And I think it meant a lot to the players. It meant a lot to Brendan Rodgers. You're right in saying it's his first European competition quarter-final that he's in now, isn't it? Have I beaten, beaten you to that stat, Dan? I think so, Matt. I think so. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you and will correct me if I'm wrong. But, you know, it was, it was a big occasion. And also, as Tony refers to, there's not too much going to happen, you would think, one way or the other in the Premier League. It's about sort of consolidating 
themselves, you know, towards the end of the season. Some players coming back, picking up some results, hopefully, and finishing with a bit of a flurry. But it's all, it's weird now. The conference, Europa Conference was sort of deemed as, you know, uh, a secondary competition, shall we say. Now it's the primary target to go and win that competition, which, as I said, will be extremely difficult. Uh, still to come on Extra Time, we'll, we'll review the Brentford game, <clears throat> of course. We'll look at the players that have returned from injury, which is, is great to see. Obviously, as Matt's alluded to, other players have got injured, which is, is a shame. But we'll, we'll concentrate on the positives. But Ewan, we, we've got to talk about the draw, firstly, at PSV in the next round, in the quarterfinals of that competition. Um, they won 5-0 yesterday. They're yeah. second in Eredivisie. They're, I think, a couple of points behind Ajax in the, the race for the title there. So... Again, it, it's going to be far from easy, this one. Yeah, and if, if you thought the atmosphere on, on Thursday night in Rennes was, was good, was special, I think the atmosphere in, in Eindhoven will, will be better. Um, I've, I've been there once. Uh, Wales played there a few, few years ago. And it is. It's, it's, it's a cracking stadium. It really, really is. And, and, and they're a very, very good side. They've, they've got a... They've got a couple of Brazilians in, in the side, one that was on loan at Spurs finishes, I think it is, was on loan at Spurs last season. I think the start of their side is, is a World Cup winner who's actually scored a winning goal in the World Cup final in 2014, I think. It was Mario Götze, uh, who's, who's a tremendous player, had a great career. Um, didn't quite work out for him at Bayern Munich, but they're a good side. You know, second top scorers in, in the Dutch league behind the Ajax. And it is between those two who will win the league. I think there's a couple of points behind Ajax who normally sort of run away with, uh, with that league title. It's going to be a tough game, Dan, but when you get to the quarterfinals, the semifinals of, of competition, let's, nine times out of ten, they're always going to be tough games. Yeah, I think everyone was obviously looking at, at the likes of Marseille and Roma, Matt, weren't they, in, in the draw? And, and then when fans got Ren, they probably thought, OK, good, good opportunity. Then you look at the league form, you look at how well they're doing, and, and it was a worry. And then the same with PSV really has happened. You thought, oh, not a, not a bad draw. You then look a little bit closer, look at the players that they've got, look at the, how well they're playing. You think, OK, yeah, no, it'll be really tough again. Yeah, but <clears throat> Brendan Rodgers will know. <laughs> He'll have you know, detailed rundowns on their capabilities, their strengths and weaknesses, etc. And um, as you says there, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough, tough old draw. Again, Wren was a extremely tough draw, and, and people, I think, initially people were quite pleased with that, as you say. And and then they had a look below, beneath the surface of things, shall we say, and all of a sudden thought, hang on a minute, this could be a, a a big ask, and it was, and it took a monumental effort over the two legs. Um, they, Leicester really had to dig in, didn't they? Show some character. Yeah. People, a couple of injuries that we mentioned there. People going down with cramp. Um, they had to be patient. They had to play a different type of game at times to what they would like to. Ideally, you know, they played the long game. <coughs> It works to their benefit. They're going to have to do something similar again. You know, I don't think they're going to go and smash PSV out of sight and have things done and dusted in the first leg. And I don't think that'll happen to Leicester either. We've got to be prepared for the long haul. But ultimately, I think, um, <clears throat> you know, the confidence that they'll get performing how they did against Wren, who are a better side than they're generally given the credit for, will set them in good stead up against PSV. Absolutely. Right, let's uh, concentrate then again on the Premier League. Uh, Tony, a 2-1 win against Brentford at King Power Stadium on Sunday. You've already referenced the fact that it's hard playing in Europe on a Thursday than going into a game on a Sunday. So how impressed were you with the Foxes yesterday? No, really impressed, Dan, particularly in that first half. Um, I think that's when you played the European games on a Thursday and then you play your game on the Sunday at 2 o'clock. It's one of those sort of in-between kickoffs. You know, sometimes the players can just be a little bit lethargic. You know, you've done the travelling. And all right, it's only France, but you've still got to go through the process. You're still getting back late or whenever you get back on a Thursday night, you then got to prepare for the game. And sometimes I think it's easy to... And we've seen it many, many times, I might add, over the last five, six, seven seasons with teams that have been in 
the what would be the Europa League. I know Leicester in the Conference League, but the Europa League teams that performed on on a Thursday night found it very very difficult on a Sunday. And I can only praise Leicester for their attitude, their commitment, their their, their skill as well. You know, because some of the passing. So the way they played, you know, the goals which we'll talk about. And, you know, it just, for me, was an outstanding first-half performance. And I think if you put that first-half performance in, the boys will tell you, if you're tuning down at half-time, it makes it very, very hard for the opposition to get back into the game. Yes, they, they huffed and puffed a little bit. They got their goal back late in the game. But I think the damage was done in that first half. And that's why I say to, you know, I can't stress enough how vital and how good it was that Leicester performed like they did in that first half. Because then it almost gives them an opportunity in the second half to take their foot off the gas a little bit if, if there is fatigue from Thursday. Was that to me, Dan? Sorry. Yes, Tony. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah it, well, it, it does. Yeah. You know, you, once you get two goals up, you can control the game. And the one thing we know about Leicester is that if, you're, if you can defend well, you know, and they did defend well at times in that second half. I know Brentford had a few chances and relied on Casper a lot. But, you know, you're going to get that. They're going to put you under a bit of pressure. But once you get that two goals up in uh, at half-time, the, the type of team Leicester are, you know, it suits them because they can then play some counter-attacking football, which they did. You know, Inacho really should have wrapped it up anyway, actually, in that second half of the chance he had. But, you know, that, once you're two goals up, it makes a massive difference. And psychologically, it's still one of those funny scores. That if, if they get an early goal back in the second half, you know, the pressure can be on. But Leicester defended... Well, they relied on their goalkeeper at times, but you know they got they saw the game through, and it's a big three points. Dan, you've got to put it in perspective. They're now in the top half of the Premier League, and it gives them a real outside chance of trying to catch the teams up above them. But with games in hand, and I know that would be difficult, you know, trying to juggle that with the with the Conference League games. But they've got some games in hand. They've got a few players coming back from injury that we're going to speak about. So you know, you know, the futures looks bright for Leicester, and most importantly, a two-week break coming up. Yeah, that, that, that could well be key, actually, you and this break coming up for Leicester. I know, obviously, all teams have the break, but Leicester, with the players they have returning from injury, a couple of players that, that are, are still on the sidelines but close, it, it's a great opportunity to just everyone take stock and, and really look ahead now to the, the, this final part of the season. It is. It's, it's a couple of weeks for, for, for Brendan and the squad to get ready for, for what's in front of them. There's, there's some big games ahead. And we've already touched on the uh, Europa Conference quarter-final against PSV. Some big league games coming on or coming up as well. You know what? Ten points behind Wolves in eighth with three games in hand. So it's not it's not inconceivable that you know they could catch Wolves. Um, great to see Johnny Evans back yesterday. Playing what came on for the last twenty minutes. You know James Justin got it, got got a full game under his belt. That. That will do him the world of good. There was no obviously Wesley Favana after his heroics on, on Thursday night. He, he was taken out of, of, of the squad. And I think that probably is the, the right decision. Um, you know, how far is Jamie Vardy? Where will Jamie be after these next two weeks? Obviously, there's, there's players going to go away on, on international duty and, and play for the, their respective countries. You know, you just hope that they can come back and, 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 and be fully fit and firing to go for, for the, for the run-in. Uh, but it's, it's it's going to be an interesting interesting end to the season, that's for sure. And you know, people would think, oh, Brentford, Leicester should turn them over. It's not it's not that easy. You know, Brentford coming into into the game yesterday, um, full of confidence. I mean, won back to back games for the first time this season uh, after their win at Norwich, and then you know, back that up with that home win against against Burnley. They're a the big physical side. You have to match that. You know, they, they're good at set pieces. I thought. Defensively, again, set pieces. Leicester were strong, um, and as TC sort of alluded to, yeah, Casper had to make a, a couple of three very good saves in that game. But that's what he's in the goal for. That's what that's what he's paid to do. That's you know that is his job. Um, I thought it was a good win, considering you know some changes from the team that started on Thursday. You know, I thought I thought when you when you look at the big picture, you look at the whole thing. I thought it was a very very good win, and home form has been very very good this season, Dan. Yeah, it, it, it has for Leicester, actually. That's one thing we picked up on yesterday, Matt, really, that, that the home form, I think it's now four in a row at home in yeah. all competitions for the Foxes, wins, that is, of course. So, last season, they saw that dip. Is it to do with the fact that there were no fans there? A lot of clubs suffered um, worse home form, didn't they? But but it's, it's so important that it is better, and it was better yesterday. And, and as soon as that first goal went in again, the atmosphere was, was brilliant all afternoon. 
Yeah, and uh, it's one of those occasions where they had to be strong-minded, really, because we've mentioned you know, on the back of Thursday and yeah, you know, a nice bright sunny day, wasn't it? That helped you to sort of lift the crowd spirits a little bit. They were, it was a good atmosphere, and but the players had to sort of feed off that a little bit. And easier said than done. Easier said than done. Like reacting how they did, they'd be strong mentally because it's, it's so easy to go, or so difficult, shall I say, to actually replicate that level of performance. Um, that they showed at times on Thursday, you know, overall, it was a, a huge effort for them against Wren. And you know, psychologically, even though you try and tell yourself to be super professional, your standard can just slip a little bit and it just doesn't take a lot to have, have a negative impact. And I thought Leicester applied themselves exceptionally well. You know, they got themselves up for the game. There were some tired bodies out there and you saw that with a, you know, a couple of changes, people coming coming out and others being included, refreshing it up a little bit. I think Brendan Rodgers deserves the credit there for the way he mixed his team selection round. Leicester not managed the game well, didn't they? And they knew not to try and be exhilarating and you know all guns blazing and perhaps that the, the standard wasn't going to be there. They have to be sort of a bit more methodical about it and their quality would come through and that was how it worked in the first half was it really Leicester had enough class at the right times with two magnificent strikes two goals and even in the second half Brentford sort of made a fist of it but Leicester looked in control didn't they with one or two you know, scares of a sort Michael made one particularly good save and the header that came back and quickly tipped it over the bar. But it was only that as soon as they lost concentration, as in Daniel Armati took, made the wrong decision, and Leicester paid the price for it with the, the goal um, on Visa, it, it was only then there was a little bit of hesitation, a little bit of nervousness and tension in the game. The rest of it, they, they just managed it very well. And that's a sign of a good side. And they're going to have to learn how to do that more regularly, hopefully, because they'll be competing in Europe season in, season out over the next few seasons. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about, obviously, Leicester's two goals, Tony, but it, it had to be a, a great goal to beat Kasper Schmeichel, and to be fair to Visser, it, it, it was, but I guess <clears throat> on, the, on the flip side of that, you, you look and you think Leicester restricted them to very, very little other than, you know, that when Kasper was called upon, but then the goal itself was a, a very, very good strike. Yeah, it was. And it, and it was going to have to be to be. You got that impression that Casper was in really good form. A couple of really good saves, uh, particularly the first one from the header that Matt just spoke about from Janssen, I think it was. The Embuena header, he might have been offside, but you still don't know that. You've still got to save the ball. Um, just a little bit, uh, you know, Amate just sort of just poor, really, wasn't he? You know, but you can't be too critical on him because he's been fantastic. I think he's got into that position. He's done really, really well. Alongside Soyuncu, he's helped Soyuncu. You know, he's looked a lot more stable as well recently. I think Marte certainly played his part. So you can't be too harsh on him, but you know, if you give the ball away in that sort of area, you're potentially going to get punished. But the quality of the strike—it was a wonderful strike. It was probably the only place he's going to beat Casper. I think if it had gone to his Casper's right, I think he would have saved it because it goes across a couple of defenders. Perhaps he's very, very slightly unsighted with it, but. It was right in the corner, and it was a fantastic strike. Um, but coming in the 85th minute, that had come in, as I said earlier, in the 55th minute, it might well have been a different second half. But, you know, Leicester deserved the three points and that. And, yeah, it's always disappointing. I think, as a, particularly as a goalkeeper and as a back four in general, I think you take great pride in clean sheets. So they would have been dis disappointed to concede a goal. But the main thing, again, is always the result. And, you know, and Leicester thoroughly deserved to win 2-1. Uh, right, let's talk about the Leicester goals, Ewan. Uh, firstly, Timothy Castagna. Matt and I actually at one point were surprised uh, in the first 10 minutes that James Justin was playing off the right, Castagna off the left. And it turned out it was a great decision because Castagna has, has put one in the top corner like that. And, and that's one advantage of having a right-footed player playing at left-back. It was a fantastic strike. I think he's, he actually started the move uh, the move started down down the left hand side and it was played through midfield. It found its way to the right wing. 
little ball into Mendy. It's a great cross-field ball then from Mendy to Harvey Barnes. And normally you'd see Harvey Barnes sort of running at the at the right back and trying to beat him and, and, and trying to cut in and, and do what he's done many times in the Leicester shirt, you know, shooting with his right foot. But he gives it to Timothy Castagna and it is a fantastic strike. It's, it's a great goal, you know. And I say it many times. He couldn't have picked the ball. He could have. He couldn't have picked the ball up and placed it any better. To be fair, he's, and he scored his debut. For, he scored his debut at yeah, West Brom, didn't he? Yeah, 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 a couple of years ago. Um, he's a top player. You know, once he got 20, 21 Dutch caps, he's already scored for Belgium. the international international team. Um, he's he's adaptable. At, he can play. He played against Wales um, in in our last game, and he played on the right of the three. Um, at the back, so you know he can play anywhere across that back line, and just once again, it's just a shame that he's been one of these players that's been out for such a long time with with injuries. But great to see him back, and you know the, the joy that he must have felt having seen that go into the top corner after I'm sure what's been a frustrating time for him. Yeah, he picked up that <coughs> horrible injury at the at the Euros, didn't he? The head injury where he clashed heads and. Um, I think was that in the, the quarterfinals, maybe for Belgium. I can't remember what it was, but but it was a, a horrible injury. He he then missed a lot of the season, or the start of the season because of that. Came back in, then got injured again, and it's almost summed up Leicester's season, really, yeah. hasn't it? With players, particularly defenders, getting injuries. But to see him return in the way that he did and score a goal like that was fantastic to see, and and, and the crowd obviously were loving it. Yeah, he's a he's a top level performer, isn't he? He's got many attributes. He's- as is the case for a lot of players these days, is athleticism. You know, he can get up and down the left or right hand flank all day long, pretty much. Certainly when he's at peak fitness and um, he's physical enough, he's aggressive enough, and and he's got plenty of technique as we've seen there. I think the only thing you could probably say, I'd like to see more of that. Not necessarily expecting curlers in the top corner from twenty yards, but you know more. Impact in advanced areas, maybe. You know, he puts in a lovely cross, particularly from the right-hand side. Also capable from the left. A yeah, really valuable asset to have. Brendan Rodgers within the squad. <coughs> Numerous positions, as can a few players. James Justin, of course. Um, Leicester are blessed in those full-back positions, aren't they, Luke yeah. Tom? Uh, Ricardo was, you know, what's going to happen there when... Everyone's fully fit. Hopefully, that's the case soon. And but um, I think Leicester looking at. They've mentioned it. It's sort of been in the back of their mind. I think they've they've realised they've come to terms with the, the situation. How it's been. It's been pulling on ridiculous at times, doesn't it? The the injury front but that <clears throat> can't continue. Surely not. That you know must change soon. And. With this rest period now, as you mentioned, like, there's players who are coming in for a game and, or playing an hour and having a rest and then they're playing another half hour and then they're getting a full game and they're having a rest. Brendan's been able to rotate, manage a lot of them coming back from injuries because he's, he's seen the effect of coming back just doing too much too soon. But he's, he's got a good blend now. That's in a half. For, for finally... You mentioned it. He was unbelievably good in the week. You know, considering being out for as long as he was with that injury, he was, he was just running the show at the back. You know, cajoling and inspiring and ordering everyone around. What was he, 20, 21 years of age? Yeah. <laughs> and what a player. He is already, but he will be the very top level. But you've got him coming back. You've got Johnny Evans now. Johnny Evans can... Well, not rested. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what the lineup is in that back line. So, Antti was maybe not man of the match, but one of the better players yeah. yesterday. Solid throughout. The penny's dropped with him. He's aggressive at the right times of late. He's taken over responsibility. But Leicester got so many options. There were numerous players out in different areas of the field yesterday, but there were two or three options to come in on every position where it sent midfield up top out wide. Um, they, they've got so many strings to their bow now. Like, and it, it bodes well if they, they can get the injuries, all of them as a deep squad, fit and ready to go. They could have as good a finish to the season as anything. 
Yeah, how exciting is it seeing Johnny Evans back in action as well, Tony? Uh, just, it's a massive plus for the, for the club. I think we've all about it. You know, we've got our regulars on this panel that talk, and, uh, you know, I, I know what takes things to Johnny Evans. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just a, it's a real plus. You know, he's been a real big miss. Um, you know, defensively, it's been so tough for Leicester. Really, really tough. It's just been one of those seasons. And I think every now and again, clubs go for it. I mean, as an example, if you look at Liverpool a couple of years ago when they lost Van Dijk and Gomez, and they was a completely different team defensively. And, you know, Leicester, not only have they, they lost sort of their centre-halves, as in Fafana and Johnny Evans, they've lost the full-backs as well that Matt was just talking about. So, you know, it's been extremely difficult for them as a football club to, to deal with all that. You know, but now that the players are coming back, particularly Johnny Evans, you know, I'm a huge fan. I think he's, he's got all that experience. He's, he's commanding. He, he, everything you want from a centre-half, he just organises it. It gives them... A little bit more, I think, the option to play three at the back, which I know Brendan likes to do at the time. I think that is easier when Johnny Evans is in that back three. So he's a real, real plus and a real positive for everyone coming back. And I think you got what around about half an hour yesterday. And uh, Matt, Matt just briefly touched on it. You, you have to manage these players. You, you, you can't just say Johnny Evans is fit, he hasn't played yeah. in four months, put him right back in. You can't do that with players. Well, you can, but then you've got to accept the consequences because sometimes you bring players back too quickly, their body's not ready for it, you, you get a secondary injury, and then they're out again for another six weeks, which is not what we want with Johnny Evans. So, you know, with the likes of Fafana, correct decision not to involve him. With Johnny Evans, you've got two weeks of intensive work now. And... It, Although you can do that training and you can try and get that fitness back, it's not the same as playing games. And once they get back to playing games, it'd be very interesting, particularly if I think it's Manchester United, isn't it? The next Premier League game. It'd be very, very interesting to see what that back four or back five consists of. Yeah, I think both of these two have, have touched upon it, you and the return of Johnny Evans isn't just you know, good on an individual level, what he does to the, the back four purely from what he, he does. It's what he does for, for everybody around him as well. I just think his his presence on and off the pitch is massive, Dan. I mean, you'll know better than me because you're in and around the squad uh, at the training ground. I can imagine he's the ultimate professional in everything that he does. Um, I can imagine, because it is quite a young squad, there are quite a lot of young lads in, in that Leicester squad. I, I can imagine that they all look up, look up to him. They all listen to him. You know, if, they've, if they've got problems, I can imagine that he's... He's a player that they would go to, go and speak to about certain things. Yeah. In the team, he's, he's, he's a leader, even though he hasn't got the, the captain's armband. You know, he's an organiser. You know, he's always talking. He's, he's always you know, barking out in instructions. And players like that are so, so important. They're invaluable. And it's a massive hole to fill. When, uh, and that's why you look at the job that Daniel Amati's He's, he's done since he's come in. He's, he's been tremendous. Yeah, he had a lapse of concentration yesterday, but yeah, nine times out of ten, he's, he's been brilliant, you know, because he knows that when everybody's fit, he might not be starting. But getting these players slowly, because if you think, look at the last two seasons, um, and the, the, the finish to both seasons have been disappointing and missing out. And hopefully, this season will be the opposite, where Leicester can finish strongly. Not going to say they're going to. You know, finishing a Europa League place because I think it's what twelve points behind Manchester United, uh, even though a couple of games in hand. You know, finish as high as possible. You know, finish on a high and, and take that confidence and, and that togetherness and that that good team spirit. Take it into 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 the cup competition. And James Madison, Tony, uh, he's now scored a couple of free kicks uh, in the last few games. The one yesterday was absolutely brilliant. You know just how good he is from set pieces. Obviously, you saw his free kick um, away at Southampton a, a few seasons ago, but it's great having him back in form. Yeah, I think the main thing uh, about James is, is, the, is the confidence aspect of it. Dan. He's playing as a footballer. You know, his, his overall game, he's playing with confidence now. And the reason I mention that word, because it, it must be a great feeling when you put the ball down as a, as a dead ball specialist to, to actually think that you're going to score a goal. because you know, football is such a mental game and there must be times when you're not playing very well, you know, perhaps maybe earlier in the season as an example, you know, where it was difficult for James at times, when you put the ball down and the crowd expect you to do what he did yesterday every single time. 
you know, because that's just the natural feeling. You think he's a good enough player, he can do that every single time, and you can't. And if you put that ball down and you're struggling with confidence, you must almost, you, you must be hitting the wall before you've even kicked the ball because you, you're just not going to get it over the wall. But we've seen, in, particularly in the last couple of months, I think he's re-emerged as the talent that we all know he is anyway. And, um, you know, he's been outstanding in terms of his general play. But that free kick yesterday, I mean, I, I watched Danny Murphy on Match of the Day sort of saying about how the wall could have jumped and it could have prevented it maybe. But I don't think so. I think, I think the... There was an angle where you saw the ball, it went so far over the wall and dipped. And, and it was just a phenomenal free kick, it really was. He'd was, he done everything right. Um, it always astounds me when you look at the run-up. And I, I think James touched on it himself about how he used to watch the videos of David Beckham taking his free kicks, another fantastic free kick taker. And if you look at the angle of their run-up, you know, it's just an angle that I wouldn't, me personally, if I was trying to hit a free kick, I wouldn't look to hit it from that angle. But they come around almost like square on. And you're thinking, how are they going to hit the ball like that? And you see players taking corners as well nowadays. The angle that of their run-up. But it's, I think it's specifically done to get that whip, as much of a whip. And, you know, it's such a difficult... I can't tell you how much of a difficult skill it is to get it... To get, get the ball over the wall, to get it to dip, to get it to curl, to do it with pace. It's just a fantastic skill that he's got. I mean, there's, there's other good players. You've got to mention Wall Prowse. I mean, he's a fantastic free kick taker. But if you're talking about top five, even top three free kick takers in the Premier League, James is right up there. It was a phenomenal goal. Yeah, and, and, and when the free kick was given as well, which, in, by the way, it goes without saying, James Madison won the free kick as well, didn't he? Um, as soon as it was given, you thought, this is really in James Madison territory, Ewan. And, and you had confidence that he'd, he'd step up and he'd score it. As, as Tony's saying, he, he probably believes he can score every single time. Well, it was, I think it was in an identical position as the one he scored against Randers. You know, slightly favoured the right footer, so there's no one else going to take that free kick. Probably the same sort of distance to the free kick he scored against Randers. Dan, I've seen him score free kicks, but... Aberdeen, when he was on loan from Norwich, I've seen him score goals from that type of situation from, from Norwich. We're not surprised, are we? We know he's got, we know he's capable. We know he's got the technique. We know he's got the the, the skill levels to do that. Um, it just doesn't happen. Uh, that's hours of practice. That's hours after he's finished the session of maybe taking twenty balls and just repetition, getting those mannequins that they have now at at, foot, at training grounds and just you know putting the ball into the back of the net. Um, and I, was, I, saw, I saw a start yesterday and out of English players playing in the Premier League, there's no Englishman has scored and assisted in more goals than James Madison this season. He's, he's been involved in Attack, 21. Certainly, certainly attacking midfielders, English attacking yeah. midfielders, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think Jared Bowen, he's up there with 21. He's had a fantastic season for, uh, for, for, for West Ham. You know, people go on about Jack Grealish. He's got Sam. And it, it does leave you scratching your head what James Madison has to do to get into that England squad. You know, you, you look at the goal he scored against Burnley, the two he scored against Landers, the free kick yesterday. That statistic alone, he can't do much more, to be fair, to be knocking on that door. Now, what, what does James have to do to get into Garrett, South, Garrett Southgate's squad? Well, if he's finding form at this time, that would be a good time to do it, Matt, with a World Cup at, at the end of the calendar year. That, that's for, for sure. Yeah, well, all, all these things are being said about James, but rightly so. But the ironic thing is, is he's not even in the starting lineup regularly, week in, week out. It was, you know, he's been not on the fringes, but he's. You know, with the emergence of Dewsbury Hall and Tillemans there in midfield and, and Didi as it was, I wouldn't say he was ousted from the team, but he was finding himself on the sidelines and coming on, there was almost a super sub. It seemed a bit of a, a weak label to put on James Madison's name. But, um, you, you know, he hasn't started that many games of late. He must be getting a little bit frustrated, if, if not concerned, because you think it's just a matter of time. But such is the level of depth of squad that Leicester have got again there. But he's, I mean, he was just said there with that stat there, they've been 
different times, haven't they? Where he's he's had a little struggle at times earlier in the season. Yeah, his injury and he didn't. I think he was conscious of that hip. Still didn't seem a hundred percent right. Didn't move correctly. Then all of a sudden you saw him moving more fluently, sharply, more quickly, quite basically. And since then, he hasn't really looked back, has he? Um, and those stats that you said, you know, they're incredible, aren't they? And you, you fancy him every in any game that he takes part on, whether it's off the bench or from the start, to be a key factor, don't you? Whether it is that assist or that goal. And people used to say about him, oh, yeah, he's, a, he's attractive on the eye as a player and end product's not there maybe often enough. Can't say that now. No. Can't say that now at all. And, and yet another quality player that Leicester have got. I mean, you almost got to find a place for him in the system that Leicester play, the midfield as it is now. He almost got squeezed in yesterday. Um, would he have played if Albrighton was fit? I don't know from the start. But what a player to have at your disposal, yeah. Uh, right, what other results uh, caught your eye, you and at the weekend? Doesn't necessarily have to be Premier League, can be FA Cup as well. <coughs> I think one that caught me eye was the first game of the weekend. Uh, one of my former clubs, Wolves Leeds. I mean, it was a great win for Leeds. You know, coming back the way they did, I think, yeah, they were helped with with the sending off, which I've seen a few times and I'm not sure. I think it's a, just a coming together of a goalkeeper, and Jimenez. I thought, I thought he was really, really unlucky. Um, one of TC's former teams, Everton. What a performance by them yesterday. Absolutely awful. And rightly so, Frank Lampard being really critical because that was just... That was just embarrassing the way the way they well, they didn't turn up at Sellers Park. It's as simple as that. But a great result from from Crystal Palace to 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 win four 0 even though they've got a tough game in the semi final of the FA Cup against Chelsea. So those are the two that stand out for me. I mean Leeds going to Wolves and just lifting the pressure. That I think that's back to back wins for them now after they beat Norwich last weekend and and going to Wolves, which is not easy. I tell you, Wolves have had a great season. I think defensively they're, they're rock solid. So to con- concede. To score three goals at Molyneux, that was a magnificent. And the first win, or second win for, for, for their new coach, Jesse Marsh. Uh, Tony? Yeah, thanks, Ewan, for mentioning Everton. Dear me. I mean, great win against Newcastle on Thursday for their much-needed yeah. win in the Premier League. And I'm sure Frank would probably argue that was more important than an FA Cup quarter-final, sadly, because I, I think the <laughs> FA Cup's a great competition. But... I watched the first 15 minutes or so, uh, Palace Everton, and before I went to Tottenham, and they looked okay. Um, but, you know, they, they conceded the goal in another goal, and then the, the second half performance, I, I don't think, was good enough. So, the, you know, there's big issues there for Frank. They, you know, he's got to sort that team out, stay in the Premier League, the most important thing, and then rebuild for next season. In terms of other results, I think perhaps a little, again, I don't like to do this, but a little bit of praise for Arsenal, because I think, you know, that was a. Uh, you know, Villa, I saw Villa last weekend at West Ham. It wasn't particularly good, but, you know, Villa Park, we all know it's a difficult place to go to. They controlled the game. They won 1-0, but it could have been a lot more than that. And they look certainly favourites to get in that fourth position as things stand at the moment. Uh, Matt, finally then. Well, the Everton one is the one that sticks out. Yeah, but we obviously mentioned that, but um, kind of a little bit left field. Monaco 3, PSG 0. What about that one? No one saw that one coming, did they? Problems <laughs> at the Giants. And I bet you never see that one either, Matt. You just looked at the result. You didn't see the game, did you? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want, I want a detailed analysis of how the game went. <laughs> I, I can give you that next week. <laughs> oh, yeah, next Monday, this time next week. Okay, yeah. Uh, all right, brilliant. Right, let's do our football Jenga to, uh, to end the show then. Um, one thing we didn't mention is Leicester City scored their 800th Premier League goal yesterday oh, yeah. in 601 games. That's a ratio of 1.33 a game. Uh, just chuck that one in there for you, Matt, because I know you like those stats like that, don't you? Right. Uh, so the theme for this is any Leicester City player in the club's top 30 all-time Premier League goal scorers. So for a little bit of context of that, that's any player that scored eight or more Premier League goals for Leicester City. 
So it's the top 30, basically. So eight or more Premier League goals for Leicester City. Or any player that has done that. Um, Tony Cotty, you can kick us off, please. No, I will nominate myself, Dan. And you would be correct. Uh, <laughs> you and Robert? <laughs> Jamie Vardy. We had... Marez, 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 whichever way you want to go. James Madison must have got more than eight Premier League goals. Yeah. Got eight this season. Kalechi <laughs> <laughs> um, Nacho. My old teammate, Muffy, is it? Emil Heskey. Good show. Stevie Claridge. Oh, go on, Stevie boy. <clears throat> you weren't sure there, were you? I wasn't. I wasn't 100% convinced. Scraped, scraped a few off different parts of his body, didn't he? Um... Ian Marsh. I'm just going to say that, Sex. Uh, uh, Matt, I'm just going to say that. Um, uh, Matt, you must have. Do you, have, you, have we had Matt already? You, Matt, you must have scored more than eight Premier League goals. Is that your answer? Yeah. Yep. Correct. <coughs> tell him, Bates, and tell him how many. He, Matt's in the top. What did we establish? You were the eighth top scorer still, was it, for Leicester? 18? Yeah. 22. 22, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you, right. you, you were saving yourself there for a bit later on, Matt, weren't you? I was, I was hoping to go under the radar then. Imagine if I won it with me at the end. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yuri Tillemans? Yeah. Is it me? Yeah. Yeah. Harvey Barnes. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? He sounds the West like Country, he's from the West Country to me, Harvey Barnes. I'm going to go another old teammate, Steve Guppy. Ooh. He's been there such a long time. I'm going to go Mark Albrighton. Yeah. Yeah, he's got it, hasn't he? Uh, eight. Ooh, that's a bit oh, boring. Geez. That's a bit boring. I'm going. No, because thirty are they? Premier League, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, doing better than this, right? Leo Ujoa. Good answer. <clears throat> I know I'm thinking of buying to say his name right, so I'm not going to mug myself off. Um, I'm going to change that. Uh, yeah, mate, I'm in trouble now. Uh, 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 uh. To make things easier for you, there, there are there are teammates of yours that. that you no, I know that, and I'm trying to think of them. Who, um, I'm struggling. I am struggling now. Um, Walshy. Oh, that's yeah. a great show. That's yeah. a great show. That was my next one. Uh, I didn't really want to, This is my sort of banker. I didn't want to throw it in until. You always final. win, you are you, and it doesn't matter. You always win, uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm going to go for you and Roberts. Well done, Ewan. Well done, Ewan. Well done, mate. I wasn't quite. Great with nine. Great with nine. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure on Premier League. Yeah, this one season, mate. Right. So you got nine in the season where Leicester got relegated. That's good going, you. Yeah. Trying to think, man. Not many of us would have got great. Mind you, it's over three years, isn't it? Five years. Shinji Okazaki. Oh, what a show! That was the name I couldn't think of, Matt. Yes, that's outrageous. I couldn't remember it. You should have asked me. I'd have lent it, yeah. Ah, uh, uh, trouble now. 
Um, big trouble now. Um, <laughs> I'll say Lenny, but I don't think he got enough goals. Yeah, I'm afraid not. No. no. Oh, oh, good. Good. I was going to thinking about him. What about? Do own goals count? <laughs> Mark Robbins. <laughs> oh yes. Nope. No. Nope. Oh, you're in there. You're in. Right, come on, Matt, to come win it. Robbo didn't get. Hey. Oh. Oh. Any more of our teammates left, Dan? Is it? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Big Jerry. Big Jerry wins it for Matt yeah, Elliott. Yeah, well done. Oh, great, Matt. Great job. Well, Good luck. Well done. Yeah, I think Jerry scraped in with eight um, <laughs> when he was in there. So, yeah, I thought, can we have a boom to win it? A Jerry Taggart boom. <laughs> He's no, you, Matt. No, you're not. <laughs> too, too early on a Monday morning for you, that is it. <laughs> Uh, the ones you missed, uh, Adi Ekinbayi, Ayose Perez, David Lowe, Damari Gray, Islam Slomani, James Scowcroft, Les Ferdinand, Marcus Bent, Paul oh. Bishop, oh. uh, Robbie Savage and Wes Morgan. Yes, I was going to say, Seth. I was going to say, Sam. I thought, nah, yeah. can't have it. Yeah. I thought, nah, I can't be right. <laughs> yeah. There's 11 that you missed, so you, you did all right. You got 19 between you, but yeah, missed, missed 11 there. Well. I didn't officially miss any, so I, I didn't need any <laughs> Yeah, you'd, you'd have got seven or eight of those last 11. Yeah, of course, Matt. Correct, correct. All right, well, brilliant. Um, there'll be no show next week, of course, because it's an international break. Um, so we've got a nice couple of weeks off. We'll be back again, though, for the Manchester United game, 5.30 kickoff uh, a week on Saturday. So we'll be on air from, what, four o'clock? Um, so do join us for that. Uh, thanks to Matt, to Tony, and to you. And you and enjoy your uh, your international escapades. This Cheers, boys. Wales. Good luck to them. All Wales. Yeah, Austria is the kind of city stadium. Yeah. Well, good luck to them. No, Danny Ward, don't get to. Yeah, yeah, with that injury. So hopefully they yeah. can still do the business for you. Um, all right, brilliant guys. Appreciate that. Have a good one.